0: It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Jeremy Paul Show. And he's he's driving, and he's very kindly pulled over to take our call. JP, welcome.
1: Oh, God, bro! Last where has this year gone? It's flown, it's been gone, bro. Hasn't it? hasn't it? Just flown. It's been jam-packed though. Um, mm. Mate, just heard on that actually when you were, when I was on hold there just waiting on, for new Blake. What, what has he re-signed?
0: Yeah, so he said yesterday, well he requested a release immediately on Compassionate Grounds. Um, the club had a Zoom uh, call with him last night because he's uh, representing Tonga in the United Kingdom at the moment mm. um, and now it's come out and I've uh, Obviously, had a reconciliation. It was nothing against the Warriors. It was more his parents were a crook over in Australia, and he wanted to spend more time with him. Uh, but he's committed to to going to 2024, and he can't wait to rip into oh. it. So it was going to be a massive hole for the Warriors. But oh. we're all we all understand, compassionate, and family first, and all that sort of stuff. So the fact that he's in agreement, the club are in agreement, and we can move on. It's um, it was a bit of a heart stopper for 24 hours.
1: Oh, mate. Well, arguably, the, I mean, look, Payne Haas, uh, Fisher-Harris is up there, obviously. Travis Liotta, uh, two Penrith props. But for Newark Blake, wow, mm. what a leader. What a player. Um, actually, a little funny story about him, bro. Um, it would have been about seven years ago now, seven, eight years ago, um, before he made it with Manly. Mm. I was at this um, Tongan Invitational sort of rugby carnival, and it was all like in Sydney. And I saw this saw this young kid there, and mate, his legs were as wide as what he was as tall. Like he was just enormous. I walked straight up to him and said, "Mate, you want to come play for rugby with me next year?" Like I didn't, I'd never seen him play. <laughs> it was at, It was Fanua Blake. That's wow. who it was. Like I saw saw him seven years ago at this thing. He goes, nah, bro, I'm I'm league. I'm just playing here for the day." I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." Then I see his face playing for Manly the following year. Like I was like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, mate, he was massive. He was a big kid too. God. Nah, no, so good. Great news for the Waz. Up the Waz. <laughs> so
0: um, looking back, let's let, we'll talk about the World Cup. Uh, actually, no, we'll talk about the World Cup final now. We'll talk about the World Cup final now. Um, it was hard for Kiwi fans to swallow, uh, but I, I think we all realised that three months ago we thought the quarterfinal might be us. Um, that it would be the best we could do. To get within one point, in the World Cup final, I still give it a tick for the year.
1: Oh, it's a huge tick, bro. Because what, what you wanted, what every fan wants, um, AB fan, Wallaby fan, any fan around the world, they just want their team to have a crack, right? And they just they want to be proud of their team um, and they want to be in the contest. And as soon as that yellow turned to red, where Sam came. I was I was watching it. And I, I felt you could feel it in the TV, couldn't you? Mm. You could just feel it. Like you almost wanted to burst into tears yourself. Um, but just the effort. they And they could have won it with two kicks, man. Like they could have won it. You and I, remember you and I were texting. And I said, mm. I actually said to you halfway through it when the red card came out, I said, would this be the greatest win ever? Mm. Like this would have had to arguably be The AB's greatest win of all time was 14 men in a World Cup final. Um, But, fell agonising close, mate. Like, you could not ask for more of an effort, um, more of a game. It was just... And South Africa had nothing. Absolutely nothing. I reckon if they had 15, they would have won by 13-plus. They really would have. The All Blacks had all control. Like, they looked dangerous every time they touched the ball. They're just lacking that extra person, right, at the breakdown, or lacking that extra person in defence. So it was a tremendous effort, man. I, I as a, as an AB fan, because I am an All Blacks fan, um, I could not have been more impressed. Could not have been more. Impressed.
0: You'd be a supporter for the twenty-minute red card, then,
1: mate. I, I I said that. I said we we spoke about this multiple times mm. during the year, mate. Like, and I said I I, I was always a big. I thought. I think that's right because it just impacts on a game too much, man. Like, yep, 20 minutes. You, you, Because statistically, because they scored all their points, right? Like they scored all their points when it was yellows. Um, So in terms of a, a red card only being 20 minutes and having that ability for a team to field 15 players, then the contest isn't taken away. Like we've still got a contest. So I yeah I, I really urge the IRB for the next World Cup, even for internationals, to be able to convert. If we're going to go so hard on on all this um, with respect to the head injuries, which we need to, um, yeah, you, we we've got to look at the the, the red cards and. How much it impacts on the contest of the game.
0: The amazing thing is, um, it appears, and I've looked everywhere to see if Sam Kane gets a suspension for the red card. Can't find anything. Jesse Creel didn't go for an HIA. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's quite yeah, amazing, yeah, isn't it? What gets lost? Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it really does. And look, I, to be honest, I, I, I. So I felt, um, and th- this is where they got to talk about the mitigants, and they got to, they've got to get this process right too. I believe when they uh, look, I like the way now they're at least trying to explain or, or trying to go through the motion of the tackle, where the defensive player was, how the attacking player was dropping. I just felt that he was he, he, when you when you're in a split second decision like that, and your footwork of a back, as particularly against the forward. And he just, he, it was, there was no real momentum going in with his shoulder. It was just that he came onto the shoulder. I felt it was like a front tackle, if that makes sense. You know how in rugby league they try to wrap the ball up in their chest mm. um, and shoulder region does sometimes contact the player's head. But I didn't feel like it was a, a launch towards the head. I really didn't. I mean, it didn't look great, it never looks good. But in terms of the Medigans, I, I still don't feel it was a red card,
0: personally. A um, lot of questions coming through, JP, about the Wallabies. Obviously a disappointing year. Um, actually, I got a very early one from Mikey, knowing you beyond be on today. Staffy for the great Jeremy Paul. All credit to him for backing Eddie Jones to the hilt consistently on this show, but surely he must be a little bit disappointed in his actions up until now. Doesn't leave the Wallabies in a great space. Other than other than that, the best of JP and his family over summertime. There you go. Um, so yeah, oh, the, sure, mate. the the Eddie stuff. Um, are you disappointed how it's finished up?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, mate, you are spot on, bro. Thank you. Um, and safe travels over the over the festive season for your final two, my man. Um, look, I, I yeah, I, how could you not be, Steph? Mm. <laughs> um look i look i was actually the funeral i was at yesterday um actually i'd love to mention this very quickly was for gary quinn Levin. he was our gear steward for the brumbies bro yeah. so our gear steward he was 66 when he rocked or no 60 when he rocked up he just retired and he goes how can i help 28 years later he works for not one cent didn't work for a cent he wow. was our gear steward traveled the world did everything and he was like a grandfather. You know what they did yesterday? There's been 256 Brumbies that have played, and yesterday they all get a cap with your number. I'm number 38. And Gary Quinn liven was given double zero. So he's the first person to never have played for the Brumbies to have been awarded a cap. Oh, so it was. Um, that yeah, gives me goosebumps, mate. <laughs> what... Oh, mate, it really does. Like, and you look at the people within your organization, and and that's the thing, like Eddie. Um, talking to a lot of the, like I was talking to a few of the the, the current Wallaby players who are Brumby players and um, who were over at that World Cup and yeah, they, look they were all excited to have Eddie. Mm. They, they, they were excited themselves because they they had heard of of the impact that he would have, but it just didn't work and it's incredibly disappointing, mate, incredibly. And it's and it looks it just looks really pathetic on how we're. And on how it's been played out too, as well. Like it's between Hamish McLaren, the chairperson. Um, like when you got a person who did not take it, didn't work. Like let's let's just put that down right now. It did not work. The Eddie Jones fiasco was an absolute debacle. So someone's head's got to roll, and the chairperson is refusing to take responsibility. So, mate, it's, this is a drama that's I think that's going to that's going to continue to play out for another couple of weeks yet, yeah, which is disappointing.
0: One concern I've got, and like, I, I I really respect your opinions and you as a person, and you've always said Eddie Jones is a good coach and he's been a good guy. My fear is, like, yes, his last 12 ma- months has been a shambles. I don't really want to taint it on his coaching career, on his whole career.
1: I agree. Right, mate, I 100% agree, mate. Look, he, he made some poor decisions. Again... If Will Skorton or Telahiya Tupu weren't injured and we got past the quarterfinals, none of this would be a discussion. Mm. Right? Like if we made the quarters, maybe got past England. Semi-final, everyone would have been happy. Absolutely happy. Yep. We Eddie, you've backed the right people. So it really is a game of millimeters though, right? Like he's made these decisions. But in saying that though, you do look at the assistant coaches he had he had two rugby league guys um which i thought was odd decisions particularly matt hodginson who was the defensive coach who'd never coach rugby before but i think that's actually um an indication on just who won't work with eddie jones so whether or not his hard nose approach over you know a couple of decades now maybe nearly nearly three decades is maybe that's just worn thin and he can't get the assistance that he needs so Potentially, mate, like this is sort of something that um, was always going to happen by bringing Eddie Jones back. And like the person you got to feel sorry for here, too, is Dave Rennie. Mm. Like, you know, he was like he's pretty much been Ian Foster, right? Where <laughs> no chance of, of getting the, the Rugby World Cup. Well, actually, mate, I'm sorry, but I think he probably would have gone further than Eddie Jones. Right. And again, I'm a staunch supporter of Eddie, but you know again results are what dictates everything as well as you can sort of look at the the different things that have, have that have applied more pressure in different areas of this whole debacle like his assistant coaches like the media barrage that he's sort of going back at him like i just it just all is becoming very ugly, isn't it, bro? Mm.
0: What's next? Um, th- th- Steve these...
1: Hansen. Steve Hansen for Wallabies coach. That's yeah. what's next. Hansen... Ian Foster. No, Ian Foster for coach. No?
0: What about Hansen and Foster?
1: Oh, yes, baby. <laughs> um, that, that would be That – wouldn't that would just be amazing? Actually, I'd love to know what, what the All Blacks – or the New Zealand um, whanau Think about that. Actually, like, what, what would they think about another New Zealand coach, someone like Ian Foster or Steve Hansen? Because you got to, because a strong Wallabies is 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 beneficial to the All Blacks, right? Like, it's there's no, we can all agree on that. Everyone agrees so whether, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we need it, like, and the All Blacks need strong Wallabies, particularly like. You know, going into these sort of northern hemisphere battles is they need more just the South Africans to play against, they need a strong Wallaby side. And just whether or not it's a little bit like us with the Warriors, right? Like in the NRL. Like I think um I think there's if there's any chance but oh look, why what but why would you jump on that ship though, bro? Like Mm. why would you seriously jump on that ship because you've seen some great coaches just absolutely ripped apart so mate i i don't know too where from here i really don't Uh, no wallaby no no australians are putting their hands up well not putting their hands up we don't have anyone
0: larkham or is he better off assistant initially
1: no look he's, he's better off staying with the brumbies at the moment he's he's got to he look he he did incredibly well with ulster over in um over in ireland and um oh sorry munster and then the sort of coming back here to obviously another solid season, making the semi-final last year. And I just feel like if he got some really good momentum with the Brumbies over the next couple of years, he could, he'd be a wonderful Wallaby coach. I just don't know if he really either A, wants to do it now or B, um, has the runs on the board. But I, I, I think it's probably more about whether or not he wants to do it. I think he's really happy down in Canberra.
0: Um, someone's just text uh, Wallabies need Ronan O'Gara I don't think Ronan's going anywhere yet I think his first international appointment will be Ireland in the fullness of time but what about uh, I feel like I know the answer to this Dave Rennie
1: (laughs) no I don't think they'll go back again and I don't think Dave will take it to be honest Mm. why would he take it Mm. like he got shafted like pure like yeah like in, in, to Dave's credit too, right? He's one of the first coaches to ever bring in the dual national anthem too, like the culture side. And actually, talking to a few of the Brumby boys yesterday when they had uh, under Dave Rennie, they were like, it was the culture was just magic. He was awesome, mm. absolutely awesome. So, the more we sort of dive into this, right? Like, the more of a cluster can't say that word, but it was <laughs> big of a cluster. It's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Really, like, you know. and. Oh, it just seems to get keep getting worse. The more you dig, look, like, I don't want to dig anymore, bro. I don't mm. want to dig. I
0: don't want to dig. Uh, Mark wants to know how you would have handled being in Sam Kane or Ian Foster's shoes over the last four years.
1: I've been there, man. I've 100 percent been there, where 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 everyone is is against you. Well, not against you, but they they demand excellence, um, particularly in the earlier days with the Wallabies when we used to win everything, right? Um, and and just not having the faith in players and just I knew mate I've watched Sam Kane for so many years and I really felt sorry for Ian Foster um, but I I do believe that, made look I think now when you look at him and they did lose the World Cup I think this is Razor Robinson's opportunity now though like we he's the he's the best coach in the world mate like you yeah I, I do feel sorry for Foz but how exciting mate how exciting to have razor come on board Mm. the bloke has won what is he won 20 something super rugby titles as a (laughs) coach and player and and he's like yes wow and the the, like there's not a person on the planet or particularly in new zealand who has ever said a bad word about him Mm. like in terms of the coaching style so it must be incredibly exciting now. Like, again, sorry for Foz, but hey, Foz, we've got a spot over here in Australia if you need, if you want a coaching gig, if you're listening. <laughs>
0: have you, have you, I'm I'm going to ask you this question, sure, answer this very short. Have you run a marathon before?
1: God, no. Because
0: hmm, no, a, guy, a, t- a guy's texting saying, uh, tell JP his story he told us on his journey going through the marathon was an inspirational story of head strength and courage. I think he's thinking about Louis Brown, who ran a marathon a few weeks ago, the former Warrior. So, uh, wrong guest, oh. uh, dog truck bastard.
1: <laughs> wrong guest, bro. Wrong guest. <laughs> the only thing I'm running to is to the fridge and back to the couch. So,
0: uh, someone says, "If I'm Phil War, I'm approaching Ronan O'Gara a complete fresh start, and he's an awesome up-and-coming coach." There we go. That's more a comment than I think. Um, Maybe Fiji should join the Like Cup to make it interesting. Sorry, JP. Oh, <laughs> that's all. Oh,
1: that's that's harsh. bro. that's harsh. That's harsh. No. Well, we got to get a coach first, don't we? Yeah. To right, even. Yeah. I, look, to be honest, man, I, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Like, you got Dan McCullough as well, like the ex Brumbies coach as well, who, who also got shafted under Dave Rennie as the assistant Wallaby coach, who I did say at the time, I felt incredibly sorry for him because he really, he did the yards in Canberra, man. He was there for seven years and, and got that side humming like, and we were, again, the Brumbies were the most competitive side. Um, Actually, in that World Cup side too, bro, there was more Rebels players than Brumbies players. Like, I think the selections again, <laughs> right? Um, but in terms of putting their hands, look, Brad Thorne was also like a, a bit of a, a smoky there as well when he was going incredibly well with the Reds, but he's now obviously gone uh, in another direction. Um, so you've got Simon Cron, who's, who's a very good young coach uh, over in WA, but he's only had his first year. Um, You've got Darren Coleman, who is the Waratahs coach, and he's only into his third year. I think if he gets the progression that he's been getting over the next couple of years, he'll make a wonderful wallaby coach. We're just not ready right now, mate. Mm. And I don't know of too many other coaches coaching overseas. Um, maybe even someone like Laurie Fisher, maybe. I don't know. but. I- there's a, really no one putting their hands up,
0: man. It's a tough one. No one. They do have time, it and, really F- is. and Phil Wall won't rush into it. Your first test is in July, and I'd imagine we won't hear an appointment this year. It might be next year. A uh, lot of, lot Oh of-
1: no, you'd have to think they'd have to do it pretty early, bro. Like around February, February, yeah,
0: March. yeah.
1: Because uh, you got You've got to bring some type of conclusion to this whole fiasco as well. Like you've got it. You've got to end this. Otherwise, it'll just continually. Like it would just like add poison to this whole already poison chalice that we've got. So I think they a smart move would be would be to get to um, a coach as quickly as they can, mm. as well as then to start working with super rugby sides and then to start looking at selections, right? So um, no, I, I, I think they'll go early, man. Right. Deserved, they, we, they need to bury this.
0: We need to go, but first we're going to do this. Text messages from the listeners to Jeremy Paul. I'll miss your humour and your bros. Have a great Christmas from Andy. Thanks for the funny stories and the serious stuff. Looking forward to the footy next year. Kia kaha from Geoffrey. And from Ben. First time texter, but I just wanted to say thanks to my favourite Mozzie, have a good one with your family. And there's a lot more like that, JP. You're awesome to talk to every Friday. You pull over in the car. You talk to us when you've got COVID. You've talked to us when you're 12 hours from becoming a new dad. You're a dead set champion, our famous former wallaby. Thanks, buddy. It's been awesome.
1: Oh, thank you, man. It brought a little tear to the eye. Thank you, Farno. Appreciate it. Can't wait for next year.
0: That's Go the Wars. Up the WARS. <laughs> Jeremy Paul oh, Show. The Jeremy Paul Show for maybe the last time, but we might get him back just before Christmas.